is episode five of Spotlight from PSNYPG, and I am your host, Nelson Uko. If this is your first time of tuning in, thank you so much for stopping by, and I really do hope that you enjoy this episode and this conversation we'll be having today. And then for all our returning listeners, thank you so much for coming back, and um, have a <laughs> wonderful one. Like. I hope you enjoyed this. Hey, you're listening to Spotlights by PSNYPG. Join me for thought-provoking, career-shaping conversations ranging from career advice in and out of pharma, life stories, and everything in between in the company of exceptional pharmacists who are thriving in their careers. If you're looking to develop your ultimate pharmacy career playbook, this is the show you should be listening to. My name is Nelson and I am delighted to be your host. Subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to stay updated. So before we jump right in, I would like to do a bit of housekeeping. Um, If you're not subscribed yet to the PSNYPG newsletter, this is a good time to maybe pause on there and then go to www.substack.com and then get subscribed to Pharma Buzz by PSNYPG. Also, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can click on the subscribe button now, leave a like, and then at the end of the episode, please leave a rating and review the podcast. If you've been listening in the past, this is a good time to also just pause and Go and leave a review on the previous episodes. <laughs> Thank you. And also share this podcast, yeah, because the guest for today was nothing short of explosive and a lot of people should listen to this one, yeah. So <laughs> back to my guest. So the guest we have on the show today is Amasis Olupunto Olude. She's an assistant director at the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital, Yaba, Lagos. She's a trained speaker, a trainer, a facilitator, an event host, a compare of many events, a customer service professional, and uh, most importantly, which is something that has brought so many young pharmacists around her, uh, she's a mentor to a numerous number of us. Like you would lose count the number of people that <laughs> pharmacist Punto has touched <laughs> with. <laughs> with all the activities around pharmacy and even outside. Um, I really like my guests to better introduce themselves. So Mark, first off, before you go into the introduction, I want you to maybe in three words, how would you maybe describe yourself just in three words? In th- oh, in three words? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. Let me see. Um, and this is one question I ask people sometimes, though I usually tell them to use one word. <laughs> okay, I will say one, three words. One, I'm passionate. Two, I am a very, uh, that's more than a word, Abby. <laughs> Concerned <laughs> and um, loving. I think I'll use those three words. Yes, I think that's what okay. drives me. Yeah, yeah I, I think it really embodies your person because 
passionate, concerned, loving. I have experienced all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so that definitely that, 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 that makes it. So um, we'll just go right into the conversation. So we get started immediately. So I want to kind of like get an understanding of um, what it was like growing up for you. So what was your childhood like? What was the dynamics of your family? The community you probably grew up in? Was it maybe a small town, a big village or something like that? And how probably that kind of affected how you moved on with life and then how you got into other things around life. So we can start from there and then begin to progress gradually and yeah. Okay, uh, I'll try and summarize as much as I can. I'm sure most people don't know the state I'm from. So at least maybe I sh this will help me to let the cat out of the bag because I'm from yeah, Kogi State. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, I'm from Kogi State, Yagba West. Um, both my parents are from Kogi. Uh, they're both late now. Uh, so, well, uh, basically... Started primary school here in Lagos, went to St. Catherine's Model School. I went to FGC Nubusa, um, first for year one. I, yeah, that's JSS one. I was very ill, almost died there. Uh, but I was still very popular as um, the sick girl who sang a song that everybody knew. She almost died. She came back and cleared her tests and still came out, you know, tops. So that made me quite popular in New Busa before I moved to FGC Loring. And that was where I finished. Um, FGC Loring, of course, I had a nickname that most people used to call me Osham Mama because I was, I had this mothering thing about me, which of course most people have come to realize. Uh, so most of my classmates felt okay, if they had any issue, they could speak with me. Then I moved to University of Ibadan. Um, okay, what led me to reading pharmacy? Uh, because I was very ill in New Busa. So by the time I came back to school, of course, the first term, they, they actually thought I was going to die. Uh, so I was out of school, then came back at the end of the term. So by the time I was coming back, I had a, an envelope full of drugs, you know, so for, it was like a, a pill for every ill. Um, my mom was worked with the Federal Ministry of Health. My father was a pharmacist. So I had enough medication with me. So moving to FGC Lorry, I had the same thing. So I had my envelope of medication. So if you have a headache or anything, I'll just give it to you, you know, like that. So uh, it wasn't necessarily because my father was a pharmacist, but it was more because I was already practicing pharmacy even as a little child, more or less. So I just made up my mind that that was what I was going to do. Um, my elder sister wanted to read pharmacy as well, but ended up reading medicine. But I eventually went on to read pharmacy at the University of Ibadan. Um, so, well, that's basically how it happened that I got into pharmacy. I'm not like one of those. I have a friend who said she just threw up a brochure and it fell down, it opened up, and then she saw pharmacy, that she, she picked it. <laughs> but for me, it was a different case. It was more um, deliberate, you know, uh, and also coming from a civil service background because my mom, you know, I told you my mom was a civil servant. She worked with the Ministry 
of health. Um, she was a deputy director before she passed on. So, you know, the principles, all the things, she, she also worked a bit with NAVDAC as well when NAVDAC was being formed. So I could see a lot of things when it comes to registration. I remember when she worked in the lab, you know, and all that. And even when she worked, um, when she was in Abuja and we used to go to the clinic. So those are one of the things I, I, I grew up in the civil service setting um, within the health setting. So it wasn't really anything new to me. I think that's actually carved um, my, my thinking or let's say my mind into going in this line. I just knew I was going to go into the health sector. I didn't like blood. So I knew medicine was not for me. So I just knew it had to be physics, chemistry, biology, yeah. But definitely nothing about blood because I couldn't, me and Kadava, they definitely knew. <laughs> so I just knew medicine was not for me. I'd rather go for pharmacy. So that's how I ended up in pharmacy. Uh, ended up in pharmacy, but I knew I wanted something different. I knew I knew there was just something about me. Everybody that meets me always knows there's something different. Uh, so from 200 level, I was already active in PANS. By the time I was in 500 level, um, that was when the national PANS came to UI. And then I ended up being the um, director of socials national. So we organized some stuff. So, you know, because of that, I was already going into going to companies, you know, um, that was a period where I went to the Astro Clinic, you know, you can imagine as a, a, a student <laughs> and I just wore my yeah. jacket right there. You get, you know, but I felt so I could do it. You, you understand? So I think that also helped me being able to interact with people much older um, and, you know, just being able to be myself. Basically, I think that's that's how it all started right from from primary well from primary school. I have a picture uh, that I wish I could share that picture with you where I was holding a microphone because I was part of the debating and uh, literacy um, group. So somebody from primary school, my primary school, we still have a group. So <laughs> they come up with some of those pictures from nowhere. So they brought wow. that picture out. So, you know, I, I it'd like, be oh, nice to get the picture. <laughs> yes, I'll try to look for it and send it to you. So, you know, that picture shows me with the microphone until now I'm still holding the microphone because I was quite active. I used to act, you know, sing, dance. I still sing. Uh, some people really don't know that I sing, but I, I actually still sing, you know, and, um, you know, in UI as well, I used to act. Ah, no, I did all sorts of things, you know, at least just because I, um, I, I don't like to be boxed into a corner. Um, I like to be as innovative as I can be within the space that I am. Um, I don't take too many risks as such. Uh, but I still try my best. Um, another thing is I'm really uh, one who allows God to direct, you know, I'm someone who's like I explained and or like I described myself and I'm passionate, concerned. Uh, one thing that guides me the most is the word of God. And I, I really don't joke with that. So because I'm very concerned about how God sees me uh, and what he wants me to do, I try to just work along with his word to ensure I fulfill purpose. So I, I think that's, I think I've summed it up, I think. Yeah, right? you, you, you actually <laughs> have summed it up. You've kind of touched even on what I was going to ask for the, which okay. was maybe if there was any <laughs> memorable points for you in pharmacy school, but if there's anyone that maybe you've not mentioned amongst most of all these things you've talked about, 
being the holding microphone for when you were young, being the girl that almost died and at a mobile pharmacy. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and all oh. that. So I, I was only going to ask if maybe there was maybe something really memorable about your time in pharmacy school that you might be able to share. There's been a lot you've shared. So if there's none, we can just go into what it was like after pharmacy school for you. So the point where you now went down to internship and then we can talk about getting a placement for internship and then also NYSC. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, since I've really talked about memory times, well, it, a little bit about my memorable times in, in your Yeah, you can share more. <laughs> well, I had a group of uh, friends. Uh, they used to call us G7. Uh, we're actually seven, seven ladies. Um, so we were, we used to read together, we used to pray together. Uh, the memorable times we had was when we used to share, you know, after school on Fridays, we just get together in someone's room and eat our hats out <laughs> and just enjoy ourselves, you know, but we were seven ladies that um, everybody felt this were different women. And so far as we have grown, we've all grown in our own rights into what we, we are right now. Um, I don't know if, if you check one of the meeting points, um, the meetups that we had one time, one of them was one of those that I invited one time, Mufolu Ashoi who is a global HR um, professional right now, though she's a pharmacist, you know. So basically that yeah, school was fun. Um, all sorts of things happened. It was just, you know, I wasn't a backbencher as such, but I was shy in the middle. So that was how UI went. Um, I think I, let me let me cut that so that we can move on and then we don't take too much time. So, okay, yeah. okay now getting into internship. Okay, so um, I finished, we had an induction October, I think it was October 5th, 2001. One. Um, yes, unfortunately, October 29th, my mother died. And at that time, I was also planning to get married. So that was a devastating period in my life. Um, so, but at that time, she, she had already put my internship into uh, process, you know, for me to be able to get a space and you know how difficult it is. Anyway, I ended up doing my internship with the Federal Ministry of Health. Uh, but it was here in Lagos. I got married in January um, 2002, you know, uh, without my mom being there, but I just had to move on with life. It was, it was pretty difficult. It was a very difficult time of my life, but well, so far we thank God we've moved on. So eventually started my internship with the Federal Ministry of Health and I started at the Federal Man Lab. You can imagine a young girl just got married, you know, and when, when you go there, People are asking you, people are asking you, um, you know, how is your daddy? And I'm wondering, who is the daddy? Apparently, it was my husband. So I was just wondering, why are they asking me about my daddy? So, <laughs> you know, because I was young. So mm. got work, started working there. Um, I saw the machines, but they didn't move because at that time, the place was moribund, more or less. Uh, so worked there for a few months. I didn't do much. I didn't learn anything. My mates were in UCH and they were all just, you know, enjoying themselves and learning, but I didn't learn anything. So worked there for 
about three months, yes. From there, I moved on to the Federal Medical Stores, Oshodi, which is very different now. It's very different from what it was then. At that time, we didn't have much. Um, the drugs were just there. Most of the time, there was actually nothing, if you get my point. So since there was really no work to do, <laughs> I at that time, the assistant director that was there was also the chairman of the Hospital and Administrative Pharmacists Association. He was the national chairman at that time. So they were also planning national convention. So since I had PAN's experience, I became the secretary of the planning committee as an intern. But my mates didn't even know. And because I was already Mrs. Olude, so, you know, <laughs> got somewhere. And everyone was, oh, Mrs. Olude, they did that. My man, I was like, hey, this intense. You don't know that I'm, I'm also an intern as you are. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just a very funny thing. But I used my four months there to plan conference. <laughs> that was all I was doing. I didn't learn anything. That's how many months gone. Internship. Okay. After that, uh, you know, I literally even had to beg for them to release me because they weren't ready to release me. They just wanted me to stay with them. There was supposed to be another research that was going to go on and they wanted me to get on it. But I was like, I need a bit of a hospital experience. So from there, I, I now went to the 1004 staff clinic. Of course, that doesn't exist anymore. So uh, 1004 clinic, that was when I had a little bit of um, clinical experience, you know, uh, but that was how my internship went. Uh, by the time I got there, I was already pregnant, so I couldn't do much. I just learned the little that I could and then finished internship. Finished internship, NYSE, missed the first batch because they took me to Iziakwai Bomoso. Missed the second one, they took me to Ekiti, but I was heavily pregnant. Um, so of course, by the third one, I already had my son. So then um, I got myself to Lagos. So did my NYSE at the Harvey Road Health Center then. Um, my son was very sickly, so I was always in and out of work. You can imagine a young mother, I, I didn't really know much. I was just trying my best, just trying to grapple with a lot of things. So um, it wasn't a learning period for me. So you can imagine, internship, NYSE, I didn't learn much. Now it was time to look for a job. <laughs> so <laughs> it was towards the end of NYSE. Like I always say, you never know who can help you. So there was a technician who works with me at the Harvey Road Health Center. He just liked me because he thought I was such a, um, a very courteous young lady. Though I was a pharmacist and um, a copper, but because I knew I had to show him the respect that he deserved, he was the one that gave me the link to my first job at St. Nicholas. And then he recommended that I go there. I wasn't the only one for that job. Um, so he took my CV, told me to go and drop my CV, spoke to the head of the pharmacy at that time because I think he was also doing locum there. So it was time for me to go for the interview. Hmm. Remember I had learned nothing throughout my <laughs> internship and my <Yeah>. So. <laughs> I got to the interview. There was somebody already ahead of me. I think we were supposed to be three, but the first lady had gone, you know, she was all, ah, ah. my man, I was like, okay, let's go in. <laughs> by, the time, <laughs> by the time we got in, all the questions they asked me, I knew none. If I could answer any at all, maybe one. And then it was a panel of 
um, you know, interviewers. The medical director, I think um, the head, the head of admin, the head of pharmacy, and one other person, you know, they another doctor that was there. So they had to ask me, so excuse me, what do you know? <laughs> you know, because when they kept asking me questions and I couldn't answer, I said, do you know this? No. Do you know this? No. <laughs> okay so what do you know and i told them i'm sorry i am coming from a disadvantaged background but i'm willing to learn and i said oh okay so of course i said my left ah <laughs> it was as if everything had been deflated in me i had to even call the head of the pharmacy to apologize for embarrassing her you know but she was like okay it's okay well funny enough whether by grace i don't know but i got the job so got the job and then started, you know, and I learned everything that I could. I, I made sure I grabbed everything that I could as much as possible. You know, you, you see medication that you just read in books and you see there, you know, so I was like, oh, wow. You know, so learned how to interact with the doctors, picking the phone, you know, and all that, being able to give information, pharmaceutical care, taking care of your patients, you know, and then how to attend to them, you know, so from there, my, my quest for um, customer service in healthcare also started because, you know, you have customers who will come in, you have patients who will come in and say, oh, you're the only pharmacist here. I just love the way you talk. And then you hear somebody tell you on the phone, oh, your voice is fantastic. You know, like that. It was also from St. Nicholas that my um, event hosting started from when I had to MC events um, send send off uh, ceremonies for both our um the heads, the two heads that we had, the first person left six months after the second person left. So when we did the same for, I was the one that anchored the events, though I'd been doing presentations before then, but that was when people were like, ah, are you sure you don't do this professionally? You know, so that was how my emceeing thing started. So St. Nicholas experience, um, you know, one time down the line, I, I got to see my, um, the letter that was written for my confirmation. And you know, at the end of it, you know, the head of the pharmacy wrote, she's an asset to this organization. So, you know, that gave me, um, you know, that drive that, yeah, that means, you know, from, from zero to something, because I knew nothing in the, in the beginning, you know, but I got somewhere with it, you know, and you had patients who felt if she's not here, ah, no, somebody, she has to be here. I had my second child there. I had patients, clients who were jostling to come and see me up on the ward because they just knew that, oh, we have to see her. So that was how the experience that I had with St. Nicholas, knowing how to attend to people, you know, like that also drove me into looking for, um, you know, a certification course in customer service. That obviously there must be something in it. And fortunately, the day I did it was even my birthday. I just searched online uh, because I had to streamline to exactly what did I want to do. So my sister-in-law had spoken to me. So I read a book, Think Big by Ben Carson. So by the time I read that, you know, I had to ask myself some deep questions. And that was how I went and I did the certification in customer service and then started training, you know, because after doing the certification, I was like, okay, so what am I going to do with this? I said, okay, let me start training people because customer service, pharmaceutical care, you know, communication, everything adds up. And it also aligns with quality improvements. And even at the end of the day, patient safety. 
So right now, that's the line I'm also towing, and ensuring that because the customer service part of it is the art of delivering quality, but the science of it has to do with quality improvement and patient safety, because that's what we're all about. Patient satisfaction, as well as patient safety. Those are the things we're looking out for, you know, in the hospital setting. Uh, like I keep saying, probably in another life, I probably will not have started from the hospital, but well, Providence, or maybe that's just the way God wanted it, you know, that, that I ended up in the hospital. I probably would have been a rep, but the advice I got at that time was like, ah, you have a baby, you have a guinea, you know, you're married, you may not be able to cope, blah, blah, blah. So that was how I grabbed St. Nicholas and I didn't move because at the same time, my son, I had to think about my son. I had to think about my family. You know, it was pretty tough, uh, but those were the things because I'm very particular about my family as much as I do a lot of things, um, you know, that determines quite a lot of the decisions that I make, you know, and all. So that's how, um, okay. I moved to St. Nicholas Abbey. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, we, we've talked about St. Okay. Nicholas and then okay. now you've also so, talked about um, customer service. service. I was going to uh, get to that later, but we can actually just maybe trash it out completely now. So you've mentioned uh, a lot of things around um, why customer yeah. service really is important. So I've seen it play out a lot, even for people that own community pharmacies, for example, oh, yeah. it's kind of like also even helps to drive their sales because once exactly. the clients can be able to feel free, understand that you they, they have a mm -hmm. bind to everything that happens when they come in, they, they kind of almost even feel like a family <laughs> so, somehow. Yes. Yeah, so you end up having you, you end up having your clients being like advocates for you. So they will bring more people to your premises. You know, that's why it's very important. You know, and that client, you know, when you talk about upselling, cross-selling, and things like that in the community practice, it's actually really a client that is satisfied with your service that will agree with you and look at what you're trying to tell them to a large extent and when they come again they were okay oh let me pick this oh okay and then you know they keep telling everybody oh why don't you go to this space you know this is where you get oh this is where i got but when they want to do you in oh man you will not like yourself <laughs> they will definitely tell the whole world the same thing about you as a professional when word gets out about you um, the way you treat people it's either it's good it's just there, it's excellent, or it's completely bad. So it determines how far you go, really, and opportunities that will come your way. So that's how I see it, that not just the business as a whole, but you as a person. Uh, pharmacists are service providers, that's what I always say. And there are basic things that you must know to be able to fulfill that aspect of your life. You get So customer service really is not a department. Um, it's actually everybody's job. Is everybody's way of life. Anyone working in any facility, whether in the health space, whether in the tech space, whether in the industry, wherever, is actually everybody's job because the customer or the client is the lifeblood of the organization. And that's key. All right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Matt. So I, I know you um, also do customer service trainings for organizations. Is, is that yes. right? Okay, yes, yeah. So when was it after you took your certification, you then knew that it was 
a good time to go into that or was it like you were, people were beginning to start after you to do things like that oh. for them so they can actually improve <laughs> it for the organization and then yeah. also what, what i'm also asking this is just in case for example some people also are skilled in some certain things i want to think around i'm developing a course i'm developing a training program to be able to help organizations to do better how mm. exactly can they really pattern to be able to structure it so they can even continue to get clients to do it because you you mentioned that you first of all even had to take a certification so you knew you were already doing it everyone was yes. commending you for it but then you still went further to get a certification yes certification, uh, okay. and then to be able to now go ahead to train other people yeah yes okay so um before when i took the certification i had left saint nicholas I started work at the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital at that time. Um, so because well, like I had a, a little bit more time, more or less, or it, it wasn't as choked as when I was in, but my experience in terms of um, acting it out was more pronounced in the private setting. In the public setting is a different case because it's a bit more difficult, but it still continued. And then of course you have to be able to trickle it down. So after doing the certification, I realized that um, doing the certification was just for me to uh, sort of like give myself more credence, you know, and for me to be able to say, okay, I am this professional. Now, many of us do certifications and then we don't know the next move. Because sometimes, like I always advise some, some young pharmacists, sometimes it may not be advisable to do the certification before getting the experience because you may now start looking for a place to be able to get the experience and you may not get, which is a bit difficult. It depends on the program that you are, the kind of certification, because we rush into certifications without having a little bit of experience so that you can take the certification to at least give yourself some credence on the skill and the competencies that you have. Well, um, having said that, um, after doing that, I had to do some pro bono training. So spoke to someone who had a pharmacy and then I told him I could help him train his staff. You know, because I knew I had to try it out, you know, and at least move out and see what I could do. Um, it's very important that you let people know what you do and just keep pushing. So that was how I went, trained his um, staff. They were just about, I think about 10, you know, and that was my first step. I felt, okay, it seems as if I'm getting there gradually. I had, unfortunately, um, my mentor in the customer service is late now. He passed on, but he gave me materials he also first gave me an opportunity um, to train a bit in the same center where I first did the first, my first course, you know. So he taught me how to, you know, teach people, gave me some form of leeway before I started my own, the very first one that I did that was pro bono, you know, though eventually he gave me a stipend, you know, at least for my efforts, you know, and all that. So that was how I gradually started. I did a lot of pro bono. I still do in between, you know, before I now started getting some jobs. So spoke to another person that had an, uh, a company. Uh, it was one of, it was a health, healthcare facility. Yes, it was, no, it was a health, 
a pharmaceutical company actually. So train their reps. You know, because the, another thing is that because I also work as um, in the drug supplier units, you know, when you come as a rep and you want to detail your medication, you want me, why, what, give me two good reasons why I should buy your drug over another person's own, especially if it's the same thing. But there's what you call relationship selling. And it also still boils down still to a bit of customer service. They still go um, hand in hand. Customer service is also embedded in marketing, you know. So, Trained them, trained their, um, their reps, you know, how to be able to manage their clients so that they can always get repeat business. So did that twice. Um, I also trained even a, a courthouse as well. Lagos State multi-door courthouse was one of the clients that I had, then started with facilities. Then eventually started training interns in Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital, Yaba. So what we now did is that when the interns come in, they all go through the service delivery training with me. So it's a standard rule. New intakes always go through. So it's like it's a certification course or a master class, more or less. It's of recent that now uh, they've decided that they have to have a certificate for it. So now we sign certificates so that they know that they have gone through this training. Because like I keep telling them, it's not a training just for Yaba Psychiatric Hospital is something that goes along with you because people pay to hear this kind of thing. So that's how, you know, moving out, telling people, you know, and all that and collaborating, connecting, you know, so some, um, some organizations to have called me to train other healthcare professionals. And then I also facilitate here uh, at the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital or the whole hospital. Uh, there was some years ago, we had to do that for the whole, all the staff, you know, but if they're like now, if we have new staff coming in during the onboarding, during the, um, what's it called? What's that thing? Orientation. Thank you. During the orientation, I come in to take that part because service is key and every department needs to know how to handle um, their clients and also the internal clients because each and every one of us have to relate with each other. So how do we manage ourselves? So those are the things, you know, that's how I got into it. And that's how I've been able to push. Um, it's a bit difficult right now because my, my duties, um, I'm a bit, let's say quite busy now, uh, but still, this is something I know is me. So if you wake me up from sleep and tell me, oh yeah, let's go, I'm, I'm off and I'm ready. Well, you know, work has been quite choking these days, you know, uh, climbing up the ladder, now you have more responsibilities. Uh, there are quite a lot of things that I'm doing at the same time. And then, you know, my event hosting now is, seems to be taking a new, new turn as well. So basically that's it. So anyone getting into anything, you cannot have a certification or have a skill and keep it under. First, be able to at least go out, try and volunteer, you know, do some stuff for free. You need to collaborate. You need to connect with people and offer your services. From there, people will see, okay, yeah, let's start, you know, gradually. And then you price yourself. So that's it. At least that's the advice I will give. All right, well, thank you so much. So since we have even also got, gone down to Yaba Psychiatric now, I think um, I would also want to now get to find out why you thought at the time when you were living in St. Nicholas, you were going to make that switch. I know your 
you made mention of your mom being in um civil service um, civil service earlier mm. and then um, did that in some way influence you doing that like how many years were you at St. Nicholas before you decided to make the move was there a particular thing that prompted you to say okay you have a psychiatric <laughs> because it was he something around mental health what exactly was the push to say <laughs> okay yeah but psychiatric was the next place to go to yeah okay you want to know the truth hmm I had spent yes. four and a half years in St. Nicholas and I knew it was time. I had it. I couldn't, I couldn't continue. I just felt, nope, I can't continue in this space. You know, so I was ready to go anywhere. MTN, any, as in, I was looking, as in, I was just ready to go anywhere. But you know, at that time, my mates were already managers in companies. So I was like, okay, so where I going to am I going to start from the scratch you understand so that's why most times when I talk to young pharmacists and like you need to think clearly you know so that you are guided properly right from the start so that you don't be like someone but, but the truth is some people's journey will be like mine and then eventually they will get it right so I felt no I'm not doing this anymore but where will I go so that I will still have a little bit of time for my family and and I don't really though I'm going to start from the scratch but it won't be too bad being in the civil service. So at that time, that was when I heard that there was um, vacancy and I felt, okay, let me try. Um, let me give you the shots. I had a few people who still knew my mom. So they were able to help me out. I also applied NLNG as well, got to the last stage, but that didn't work out. You know, eventually in fact, we got to Portacords, everything, you know, and all that, but you, you won't even believe that one. I had a clear dream and my elder brother's friend was telling me, sorry, they didn't pick you. So I knew that was canceled. <laughs> so that was, it. even though my mind was like, ah, I'm going to Bonnie Island. <laughs> of course, <laughs> when I had a clear dream telling me, no, ah, okay. So eventually psychiatric hospital came in. I said, I'll take it, you know? So I took it and then ended up here. Um, not necessarily because I, came from a civil service background as such um, because of uh, my mom, um, not necessarily because I fancied mental health in that sense, no. But getting here, of course, opened my eyes to you know, the possibilities and the issues surrounding mental health. Um, I don't particularly practice as a clinical pharmacist here because I am the head of drug supply and logistics. So it's more, of the procurement, um, the uh, drug management, inventory management that I do, more or less. That's where you really find me. So it's more of the administrative aspect that I handle. Even when I did my West Africa uh, postgraduate college, that was also in social and administration. I didn't go into clinical pharmacy because I cannot particularly say I am a clinical pharmacist in that sense. Yes, I work in the hospital, but I won't call myself in that sense a clinical pharmacist because I'm more of the social and admin um, aspect of it. Even for my master's, I did my master's in public health, health management, because it still has to do with the people, you know, managing the people, managing the resources. Um, that's what I focus more on and ensuring that, of course, processes are aligned, you know, so that we can of course, deliver quality service. So that's how um, 
you know, ending up in, yes, that's how <laughs> it happened. And I've been here ever since, you know, that's when I knew that, oh, ah, you think you're just in the private setting and that's all that, but even within the federal setting, there's so much, there's so much to learn. There's, there, there are opportunities that you, you really do not know. And working here, um, because we have such a super boss, you know, who has allowed each person here to, that's Mrs. Peters, who has allowed people to thrive, you know, in their skill. It, it has given each person room to be able to express themselves. You understand? If I didn't have that kind of support from her and all my other bosses, I don't think I'll be doing what I'm doing especially even working with young pharmacists. So when you say, oh, the young pharmacist, you just say, oh yeah, Olude, we're gonna handle them because they know that you're the one. Do you understand? So yeah. for me, um, like I say, God knows how he orchestrates everything. You know, I thought, oh, maybe, 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 but this is the way he has, you know, turned the situation around. I always tell a story that look, you, you never can tell. Some people may get there faster you know, to their destiny, but you know, it's a journey. It's a journey that you keep your own. For some people, you will go topsy-turvy, go around, you know, and eventually, but get on the track. But it's important that you get on the right track and you have the right people that are guiding you. When you see you made a mistake, you know when to turn. You get my point? You yeah. Know? And if you know that you're on the right track, just stay focused and go on. So that's how Yaba happened. All right, great. Yeah. So I also you you've mentioned now that um you do more around the supply chain and all that that yeah, but not really clinical aspect. So yes. was that where you started from exactly as at when you got into it's, your first offer letter and then you got no. in? What was the first position? <laughs> and no. then, <laughs> now you're assistant okay, director. I, you know, getting in, of course, uh, pharmacist grade one, um, more of clinical stuff, I was part of those that um, initiated the pilot program for the ward rounds um, for the hospital, that the pharmacy ward rounds. So I was among the team that started that. So I was more clinical in the beginning, you know, but, um, you know, I had to deputize for the person who was in the store when she's not around, I'll be the one there. After a while, okay, they just said, okay, you be there, you know, why don't you, at that time, I think she, she had to move from the store. So that's how I landed there, the drug supply and logistics units. Um, I thought I was just going to be there for maybe two, two four years. There, if I, I, I said I wanted to be there for two years. Uh, next thing became for, <laughs> next thing I don't want to tell you the number of years I spent there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in that space, in that particular store, when the interns come to work with me for two weeks, that is where we have our chat. So that's how that place was where uh, birthed the meeting points, birthed everything that I have done for young pharmacists. Because when I talk to them, I'm like, ah, better don't be like me, better know what you're doing. So let's talk about your, your plans. What do you want to do? You know, like that. So that's how we started. You know, they'll sit with me two weeks, we'll chat, we'll talk, you know, we'll bond. There's so many of them, many of them who are married, who are abroad till now. <laughs> they call me. In fact, there's one that he just never ceases to add um, FBI, NSCDC, uh, GCOF. <laughs> 
and recently he added Amotek onto my head. <laughs> so the okay, I, I, I saw yes. that on your birthday yes, so last week. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's what he does <laughs> constantly, you know. So, you know, they make me feel almost like a grandmother right now because many of them have kids, you know. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, so that's how, that was how we started, you know. So, like I said, God knows how he just orchestrates everything, you know, from being, I thought I was going to, you know, really be involved in the world runs and all of that. <sighs> but the thing is, wherever I find myself, I, I saw like leave a mark, you know. So they took me out of there, brought me to the store and I have been there. So most times everybody's like, okay, within the psychiatric space, when you're talking about, okay, the person in the drug supply, logistics, certain things, of course, is, is almost as if my name is synonymous with that place now, the way it is, because I have been there for quite a while. And well, that's, it's from that, um, you know, we used to call it the dungeon. So it's like from the dungeon, <laughs> somebody is just coming up and beautiful things are coming out of there. Because I, I can say quite a number of lives have been transformed um, in, in my own little way. You know, I don't count success. The way people see success, you may see success in terms of many cars, different things, but I count it in the number of lives that I have touched. And um, in, in just those little moments where we spend time together and I can advise you and I can share also in your pain, you know, because you have people who have pain and all they need to do is they just want someone to speak to them. So it's not only about career that we do, you know, there are other things that we talk about. That's why um, mentoring for me is different from, oh, or just focusing only on your career, blah, 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 blah. No, it's more than that for me. Uh, it's really more than that. If you want to cry and you want to tell me what, there's so many people I've never seen them and it's just, um, sending me a text or you know hooking up with me on LinkedIn or Facebook or something and they, they're able to just pour out and that's fine with me you know and then we're able to go on and then okay I can give you a few links um reasons why the meeting point is just so that we can network with each other network with other people that's why I try to I ensure I attend events that are not solely pharmacy so that um we get to meet other people that can also you know, change our mindsets. And I'm happy that the young people are not thinking like the older ones who are just very you know, straight-laced, but everybody seems to be getting a bit more innovative now. But you know, it's important that you attend other events so that you are not uh, myopic in your thinking. So that's the way um, it's been for me, really. I think I said a lot. Yes, and yeah, exactly where I wanted us to drop down into, which was meeting points, and you're there already. Like you said, maybe you've been directed into understanding where the next touch point was going to be. So oh, I, I, I must be in the spirit. Yeah, so it's great actually. But I, I, when I was trying to get prepared for us um, to have this conversation. I came across um, the fact that you had done even something before meeting point, which is um, finding your place in space. Is that yes. still ongoing or <laughs> is it something okay. that has so ended the, and the, now? The very first one that I did was um, what next? So I have a mentor who is presently in Canada right now, Dr. Wally Ajiboye. 
So at that time, when I shared what I want, so we, we collaborated to do What Next. Um, what Next was the very first program that we did, and we did it here in psychiatric hospital. So we had somebody in public health, somebody in academics. It was even Dr. Ariola Joda um, in community. It was Shino Panbi uh, in hospital, which I had people lined up, older people, and then we had students. The target was final year students, NYSC, you know, like that. So we had quite a number who came in. So that was the first program that we did. So after then, um, it was a bit difficult. In fact, somebody brought students all the way from, uh, what's it called, Onobisi, uh, Onobanjo University, Abi. Yes, I think that's OOU, you know, in a bus. <laughs> he made sure he brought them. It was a bit difficult for me to handle everybody at the same time, you know, like that. So, well, that went as it was. And then we now did finding your place in space, you know, until when I now said, okay, let's narrow down to a small knit, you know, and let's just do it gradually. So that was when the meeting point started. Um, I started with, I think about six or seven of us. Um, that was the very first one that we did. Uh, it was just small, nothing much. We had um, lunch with the MD of Altines, you know, so that he could share his experience, you know, like that. Until when, um, what's his name, pharmacist Ladi Ojo of Dovizia now decided to host the first, let's say the first major one that was now called the meetup. You know, that's when we now started the meetup. So we did that in his office, you know, he took up everything and we just got people to come in before we now started having the meetups regularly, you know. Um, we should have another one this year, though it's been quite difficult for me uh, coping with work and everything at the same time. But I know that there are people who uh, whose lives need to be changed because through this program, I have people who have gotten jobs. I have people who have gotten connections and um, that they've always wanted. You know, I've had people who have had a complete change who at least have some form of clarity it may seem like little drops, uh, but I believe someone's life is being touched. So that's just the way I see it. So that's how the missing points. Um, but I, I, like I always say, you know, I also had a clear word, you know, directing me to do this, you know, and it's a word in the um, from Joshua, Joshua one. I can't remember the the verse right now. But it's a clear word showing that you know the group of people who had gotten, they had already taken their own inheritance. You know, they had been given their inheritance before moving on. And you know, Joshua had to tell them that, okay, you have your own, you now have to leave your children, leave your family and help the others get to where they're going. So that's the idea. There are people who already sort of like have an idea of what they're meant to do. So we need them to also be able to help others who haven't taken up their own inheritance to be able to get some clarity. But you know, there's a battle to be fought, you know, for you to be able to take up that which is yours. So basically that's it. So that's how, you know, that's everything surrounding it. You understand, that's what drives me. So anytime I'm like, okay, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just remember that, ah, you didn't yeah, just get up. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my God, but I'm tired. Because I would like to you, it's not easy. 
if maybe if I had my own organization, it's different. Because, but I work, you know, and I know some people be asking me, "Are you sure you still?" Work? I know the number of people that ask me, "Are you sure you work in a psychiatric hospital?" Because they're like, "How do you do all that you're doing?" You know. Sometimes I don't know. Um, I try to balance it as much as I can. is 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 tough, but I try. I try the little I can. I just keep pushing. That's it. Okay, so so can we go into maybe a bit of how you tend to find that balance? Because also I know you're very heavily involved with CPFN and then yes. you've been doing so many other things. You even got your master's last year, which you also did mention. So how exactly, yes. what exactly do you do to make sure you are able to do all these things and then still do them really well and then still create the amount of impact, the kind of impact you are creating in all these different spaces? Ah, man, that's a very difficult question because sometimes I really don't know. Um, I, I just take it as it goes, you know. Um, of course, I have some family support, you know, from whom my husband, um, my I have a nanny, a very supportive nanny too, who also helps out a lot, you know. So that helps me to, at least some housework is taken off me, you know. Um, the, the, my boys are much older, so it's easier, um, sort of. I think I, I was able to pick myself. I said most of these things when the boys were much older. I had a little girl who shares the same birthday with me as I'm sure most people know. Um, so, but we're, we're able to sort of like work it out. Um, maybe because the boys are much older. When they were younger, of course, I couldn't, I couldn't try it. I couldn't try all of this. How? <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, no way. So, you know, because yes, they're much older now. So it's easier. That's why, you know, doing a master's wasn't so, it, it was a bit stressful, you know, with work, especially public health in Unilag. <laughs> that, it, it, it was tough, it was really tough. But having a supportive um, family at the same time, and working in a psychiatric hospital where you have very supportive bosses, I can't, I can't deny that. That I can't rule out at all. I have very supportive bosses who have really helped. I think that has helped me, you know. And then you know, sometimes when I am tired, I am tired and I switch off. Uh, because like this year, um, I've been a bit quiet because I realized, man, I have to strike a balance. I'm not as young as I used to be. So of course I had to switch off for some things, but well, we keep pushing. The way we can. I'm heavily involved in church too, <laughs> very involved, you know. But I try to strike it, you know, as much as I can. Know when to press pause because you must know when to press pause. Uh, you must understand that you're not a Voltron defender of the universe, so <laughs> you know when to step back and relax and just rest and stop because there are moments where I need to stop. I just need to stop so that I can, you know, get myself together and then come back up. You know, so basically that's it. But if I say I truly have a a, a formula, there's no formula. There, there are even people that are busier than I am, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you know, if I say I have a formula, I don't have a formula. Uh, but I just rest on his grace, basically.
All right, yeah. So you mentioned um, support from family, support from a lot of people. So, and then you've also made mention of mentors in different sectors. So I know you talked about customer service mentors, someone also mentoring you in yes. at the point where you were doing the, um, the first meetup together, Wally, Ajiboy, and all that. So I wanted yes. to know what other relationship, it looks like, because you're also someone invested in ensuring that, for example, young pharmacists like us always um, get to meet people who can really push us and then take us up that ladder because the unfolding yeah. is really needed. Yeah. So I wanted to know what other relationships kind of have been really enriching and, and, and has kind of catalyzed your journey right from the start to this um, point where you are now. Mm. Okay, well, like you would have realized that I'm, a, I, I'm able to connect with people easily. So yeah. most times, um, like I say, there's, there's a part of the training that I usually give young, the young pharmacists that come here talking about their career, uh, that you should invest in attending seminars and programs. You should be able to pay your way, not only for the knowledge, but for the network. So when I go for seminars, I go for programs, I love to connect with people and learn from them. So by the time I'm willing, I'm registering, we're talking, I'm introducing myself, we're connecting. I'm able to learn and see, okay, maybe this person will be able to teach me this. You know, once I see that there's something you know that I also need to know, I network with you and I'm fine. And then from there we go on. You know, so that's how we develop that relationship. And I've developed relationships with various people in, in different sectors. Um, even within church, we also have, you know, even within church, you have professionals who work there. And by the time you tell them, okay, this is what I do. So I have people who teach me, uh, who help me in, in terms of my speaking, in terms of my event hosting, I watch, I learn, you know, in terms of, you know, how do I organize my programs? I have people, and some of them are my friends, you know, aside being um, older than I am. I have someone who is much older, who also gives me the, he's an elderly man, he's like a father to me. So he takes his time, when he needs to reprimand me, he doesn't even mince it, you know, both my parents are late, you know, so um, he stands, he almost stands in that um, position. And of course, my elder brother as well, these are people that also guide me and tell me, okay, Maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you should do this, you know, like that. So developing the relationships is across board. Wherever I find myself and I see this person, I just, I, I don't know how, but I just know when I feel I need to connect with this person and I do. I've connected with people across on the internet. And then, you know, we're able to um, develop a relationship that actually guides. I remember one meeting point, uh, one meetup that we had. It was on LinkedIn that I met this person, you know, and with a broken leg, he had a broken leg, you know, he had, and he didn't tell me, but because he had given his word that he was coming for the meetup, he came like that in his cast and his um, crutches. And I was meeting him for the first time that particular day. I don't know how that, but that's just the power of integrity, the power of connection. Um, 
it just works like that. Well, I don't know, maybe it's just my personality or, well, I would still say it's grace. But that's that's really it. I can't, like, I, there's no formula. There's, <laughs> there's just no formula. But I always advise. There are little, little things that you can do that will attract people to you. Ensure you are as courteous as possible. You must be willing to serve. And you must be willing to give something. It may not necessarily be money, but what do you have, you know, that you have to give? Somebody somewhere needs it, and that may just be the bridge that you're actually uh, looking for, that you require. So that's it. I have mentors across, even younger ones, concept. Even Nelson, you too, you're my mentor now. Abby, thank you. <laughs> Yes. So <laughs> I have younger people too, because you know there's reverse mentoring. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Yes, there's reverse mentoring. So um I also learn from those who are younger. So if you can teach me, I'm good to go. That's all. Because I need to keep learning. So that's it. So where I see that at least you're warm enough, you're ready to take me on. We can connect, we can just. We're good. And then from there, we learn from each other and we're able to help. So even patients, are, I remember in St. Nicholas, across, <laughs> just across the counter, you know, there's a connection. It just happens like that, you know. So that's why I say customer services, because it also stems from, you know, you being able to treat people right and all of that. It really works that way. And then the word of mouth, uh, the positive word of mouth publicity just goes round. That's it. I hope I've said something that makes sense. Yes, makes a lot of sense. Totally. <laughs> so, so very quickly, I wanted to find out, are there any failures or challenges that have actually come up in the course of your career that you might be able to share? Hmm. Yeah, I guess... Um, Okay, like I keep saying, um, in another life, I probably would have not started as a hospital pharmacist. So sometimes I think about it that, oof, probably this, this wasn't how it should have been. So sometimes I think, yeah, um, this, when I said the setback and the time spent in the private setting before coming into the public setting, well, I think we've made up for it anyway, maybe over the years. Uh, but you can imagine you have your mates who are managers in, in other places and then they're just starting out as a grade one pharmacist. You know, that was a time in my life I was like, gosh, am I sure, you know? So it, it was a bit difficult for me, you know, at that time, um, really. I'll talk about that period, especially in, in terms of my career. Um, the moments where... Um, Maybe just putting the program well moments where I'm like, oh, this meeting points. I might sure I want to go on, you know. <laughs> and I'm wondering, okay, everything seems as if it's about to collapse, but well, it still works out, you know, like that. So basic challenges, yeah. Um, sometimes I had challenges with my health, you know, where you know, just had some some real difficult issues, but with his grace, everything has been resolved. You know, um, during my my masters, um, especially when I was running my project, at that time my husband was very ill. He was in the hospital. It was a very difficult time for me. It was a very difficult time, 
But, you know, the beauty of it all at the end of the day, that same project that seems as if it was going to be a, a total disaster where everything just wasn't working. It just as in my head was going, I, I can't count the number of times I cried, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I had two people who supported me, Dr. Emmanuel Ayeniba and then Shakira Bashir. Those two were just amazing. You know, they held me by the hand, you know, and just helped me through. And, you know, at the end when I thought, oh my God, I don't think I can finish this thing. I finished it. I not only finished it, I had a distinction in the project. You know, wow. <laughs> yes, and I think, yes, and, and at the end of the day, I have the highest mark in the project. And that same project, I just said, okay, let me try, send it in for, you know, um, a conference. It was accepted. And so I was like, oh, this same thing that I thought my life was going to end, <laughs> as if I have never gone through that level of stress in my entire life, you know, for it worked out. It, at the end of it all, I had reason to give thanks. You know, it was difficult, but it worked out well. And then couple with work. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, that's fine. so much strength. <laughs> I, when I think about it, I'm wondering how did I go through it? Well, thank God for support. You know, I really helped. Yeah. Great one. Oh, wow. This, this has been so awesome. So I think finally, I want to ask, um, is there an exit strategy in, in place already to say, at this point, I am putting a full stop, and then this is where I'm exiting to, in terms of civil service now, service. and every other thing that you're doing, yeah? Well, gradually, we're looking at it. Um, because, well, the exit strategy, you either leave before you are 60 and you know you know where you are going or you leave at 60. <laughs> if you understand my point, you retire. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I always try to ensure I follow the leading of the spirit. So we're, we're in our talk right now. Um, we're, we're talking, if you, if you get <laughs> So I'm just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the so conversation putting, is ongoing. <laughs> yeah, the conversation is ongoing. And I know that when it is time, uh, we'll make the right move. Um, it may not be the way the world wants it, but it's just the way he has planned it. And I know that once it's right and once it's clear, we'll be doing the right thing. All right. Great, great, great. Great. So yeah. So now I'm as rapid fire questions. We just rush through these. These are very buzzwords for the questions. Um, we don't need to think through it so much. <laughs> so it's just on your feet more like. <laughs> so, so, so the first one goes like this. So um, what is the best career advice you have received in seven to ten words? Hey, in seven to ten words. Ha. Yes. <laughs> oh, let me think. Mm. Ah, I really have to think about that because I think it boils down to when my sister-in-law had the chat with me that helped me to, you know, um, sort of like narrow down. 
um, in, if this is up to seven or 10, I'm not going to count. So I'll just okay. sort of like summarize the way I can. Um, okay. Basically, ask yourself deep questions, you know, and answer them. That will give you a path, more or less. Yeah, so reflection, interesting. Yes. And, and in self-awareness, I guess. Yes, self-awareness. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. You know the English. <laughs> I, know the, I, I have the experience. <laughs> and the content. <laughs> okay. So our okay. next one is, what one thing do you know now that you wish you had known earlier when you were starting out? Ah, ensure you have a mentor. Ensure you have a mentor that is a, a very good mentor that can guide you and have that person early. Okay. I think that's it, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> one, one person that has overall like significantly influenced your career, like, can you, is there one person, we've mentioned a lot of people today and you've talked about a lot of mentors and a lot of <laughs> other people. <laughs> so, but can we narrow it down to one person? Is that possible? <laughs> ah, is it possible? <laughs> is it possible? If it's not, we could, we could run away from that and go to the next one. <laughs> well, if I would mention, well, I know I didn't mention her, but I will say my mom. My mom, um, yes, I know I didn't mention her through this all, uh, but I will say my mom, she was exceptional. She was a woman of substance. She was one who was a leader for excellence. Even those who worked with her um, remember her till date. You know, I walk into places, I see some people who have worked with her. And once I introduce myself, you know, you see tears in their eyes because they remember her. And you know, they hold me like, you know, and they start talking about all the things she did. Do you understand? Yeah. So she um, was one person who stood for integrity. Um, she could give her anything to help anyone that was in distress, especially when it comes to your work, even your children. So really, um, I think, yeah, I will still say my mom. All right, yeah. So um, if you had to cook up a pot of a successful career, so the pot is on fire now, we need three ingredients to go into that pot, just three. What would those three ingredients be? Okay. Hmm. <laughs> the three ingredients. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> I would choose clarity. Um, yes, I would say you, you must have clarity. Um, let me see. You must have a plan. That's two. And um, I would say three, be focused. Yeah. Clarity, a plan, focus. Okay. Wow, so be clear on what you want to do, plan it yeah. out and set your sight on it. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. You see? So I said, you are the English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm just trying to soak it in because it, it's a lot. Like, there's been so much of this conversation and it's really important uh-huh. to be able to, like, absorb it and then, and then, and then digest it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, because, you know, when I hear the quietness on your end, I'm like, okay, what have I said to these guys? <laughs> Before you get yourself out, you're asking me the next question. <laughs> okay. Wow, this has really been lovely. So the final one now, before I let you go. So if um, Francis Punto from 20 years ago, let's say, okay, 21 years ago, if she saw you today, what would she say to you? Hmm. Okay, let me think. I'm trying to remember the thoughts I had then when we finished. Okay, I guess she will say, you go girl, we're on the right path, but there's still more, so keep pushing. Wow, there's still more, keep pushing. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, man. Like, I really appreciate your time today. <laughs> thank you for doing this at super, super, super short notice. Yeah. I know, I know, I said, I know you were at work earlier and then you were just off work and then jumping on this call. So, thank, thank yeah. you so much, man. And really, really, <laughs> really, really appreciate it. <laughs> I don't thank know how much I can stress it. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, I'm glad I was able to do it. I thought I wouldn't be able to because, ah, okay, so now that I've done this, I have two other people, uh, two other groups that will definitely hold my neck. So after today, (laughs) I have to tell them that I have to give them dates because, you know, I've had to cancel quite a lot uh, because of all the work. And, you know, like I said, sometimes you just need to press pause and stop. Uh, But it's fine. And this is good that we've done this. And um, I really hope this helps someone. Uh, or as many people as possible, you know, someone who is a bit confused, just know that you, you just take one step at a time, you know, because there's something greater, there's something beautiful, there's something planned for whoever is listening, and God has it all put together. All you need to do is just release yourself, listen, and follow. Okay. All right. Thank you so much once again, Ma. And <laughs> when, when we want to end always, I like to end with a quote. And it seems direction has always put me forth to kind of like have the perfect quote for the perfect person on the show that day. So today's quote is from Jeff Olson. And Jeff okay. Olson says, successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. So even when it doesn't look like it makes any difference, they continue to do it. They do it long enough for the compounding effect to start to kick in. And I think you embody that a lot. The compounding effect for this, you're seeing some of them already, but I'm so sure that it is going to blow your mind in years to come. Yeah, you know, people tell me that all the time. Somebody met me and said, you don't know what you have done. And I like, eh. <laughs> you know, and that you don't know. Somebody actually said, you are actually mentoring me from my fan. I'm wondering how. I'm mentoring somebody else, but the person is also telling the person the things I'm seeing. You get. Yeah. So, yeah, I get the compounding effect. It's 
fine. Oh, thank, thank you so much, man. So for everyone that is listening, thank you so much for staying on to the end. You've gotten to the end. Yeah, you're here right now. So if you enjoyed this episode, once again, please do leave us a rating everywhere you listen to podcasts and also share for other people to find us when you rate the podcast. It also brings us up and then make people who are not in the loop kind of also find us. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to PSNYPG's flagship newsletter, Farmer Boss. It's at psnypg.substack.com. And do leave us a follow on Instagram, that's at psnypg. And then on Twitter, that's psn-ypg. And then until next time, when I am back again with another episode, this is the voice of Nelson. And do not forget to always reach higher. Thank you for listening.